0: to the like a bigfoot podcast i'm your host chris ward um this week we are welcoming back jennifer Mavis. uh she was on a previous episode of the show where we talked about her plans on hiking the pacific crest trail and then she went out and she did the thing <laughs> she d- hiked the whole thing had some crazy events and it's funny like listening back to that conversation you know just It's funny because you're like trying to imagine what it's going to be like, but I I would assume you have no idea until you get on trail and you just got to show up. It's one of those goals that you just got to show up and you got to you got to like, you know, roll with the punches. You got to go with what whatever happens. You got to put up with it. You got to know like, hey, I'm strong enough. I'm brave enough to to take on whatever challenges I may face. Like it's not a it's not a goal you go into thinking like everything is gonna go smoothly. You know? Uh it is something like probably most goals is probably a better um it's probably a better way of approaching whatever you're trying to accomplish is just approaching it with this idea of like, hey, it might not go perfectly, I'm gonna be able to handle it because I am awesome and I'm strong and I can handle pretty anything the world throws at me uh and yeah jennifer took on the pacific crest trail and she has such a positive attitude uh i think that's probably a huge reason why she was so successful um because you if you have a positive attitude you are able to roll with the punches more uh and this episode she's coming back on she's sharing some of her stories from the trail obviously this is like a. 45 minute episode. And she spent like four or five months out on the trail, hiking through the wilderness every day, putting one step in front of the other, having this magnificent, marvelous, wonderful adventure. Um, so 45 minutes, (laughs) you know, it's just funny to be like, Hey, can you summarize your whole experience in 45 minutes? Um, but I think she did a great job telling stories on the show, on the show. Um, there are a couple stories. I don't want to ruin them. But uh they'll keep you on the edge of your seats because let me tell you, I was just sitting here listening and there's probably like ten minutes where I don't even say a word. I'm just like shaking because it sounds very, very intense. Uh and not intense. Like I know she's hiking on the Pacific Crest Trails, so intense is anyways, I'm just joking. That was a terrible dad pun. My students, my seventh grade students, just they just know like I'm just full of puns all the time and they groan, but they secretly like it. Um, <laughs> anyways, weird side tangent. Uh, let's get into it. Before we do though, um, if you enjoy this episode, go back, check out old ones of the show. Um, Jennifer was on previously at number 58, and then she was on one of our shorter clips uh number 89 bigfoot sightings three uh um but definitely go on youtube check out her videos um she did a vlog for most of the days on the trail at the whimsical woman and she just did a really fantastic job at capturing her own story uh really cool they're like 10 to 15 maybe 20 minutes for uh, each day or a few days on the trail for each episode so they're really fantastic um you can follow her on instagram whimsical woman or basically any of the social media stuff so uh all right let's get right into it this is the like a Bigfoot podcast number 119 with jennifer mavis okay i am so excited to welcome back jennifer mavis to the podcast uh you you had a little hike that you just accomplished
1: yeah it was just a little one
0: (laughs) Yeah, awesome well welcome back
1: thank you so much for having me back
0: yeah when i was um sending you a message uh earlier this week to see if you'd come on the podcast i did write hike and i was like shit should i have written like epic backpack adventure of awesomeness or something because i feel like a yeah. hike doesn't fully <laughs> capture it
1: yeah absolutely not so let's let's go with that next time <laughs>
0: okay i'll try to remember that so yeah, yeah. um do you i just i want to hear all about it i want to hear everything you just got done doing the pacific crest trail and like i'm so pumped i know you had a whole bunch of adventures so so yeah let's uh Let's dive in. I was thinking of asking you this first, like, if, like, looking back, what was the perfect day on the trail?
1: Oh, the perfect day. Well, it was actually probably my very last day on trail, which made, like, made me have the most epic ending because it had just stormed, like, snow stormed the day before, and it Dumped like inches and inches of snow and me and some other hikers woke up and like I said it was our last day on trail we were hiking into Canada that day but there was like in some areas over a foot of fresh snow <sighs> yeah. but it was completely blue skies and all of the mountains were covered in snow all of the trees were covered in snow we were the very first people on the trail. So we were like carving the path um, with fresh prints, you know, and um, that was just probably the most epic day on trail. And like I said, it happened to be our last day on trail.
0: Wow.
1: So yeah, that's, yeah, that was was really incredible.
0: Yeah. I'm sure it's even hard to kind of like put into words what that felt like.
1: Yeah. I mean, because it's like, trying to wrap your head around that this big adventure was ending that day. But then you just went through the worst weather the day before and had one of the worst nights on trail. And then you wake up and everything is peaceful and calm and serene and beautiful. And then you walked through that until the end of your adventure. So it was pretty epic.
0: That's cool. Yeah, it's almost like the trail was like all right i'm going to throw this last challenge at you and if you can survive it you're going to be rewarded
1: oh yeah we were me and the other hackers i was with were joking about that and even though we were pretty miserable when it was happening we talked about how we knew we would be glad that it happened once we were done yeah (laughs) so that's true i have some really good photos from the day and some good videos like for a mind me what i what i went through but yeah it was definitely a really special special day and the fact that it was our last day just made it unreal
0: yeah that's awesome what was the night before like then
1: what was the night before like
0: yeah like you said it was one of the most miserable nights
1: (laughs) oh yeah so at this point i had been walking um what had it been like two and a half days of just pure rain. So everything was soaking wet for days at a time. And I was like, you know, trying to keep everything important dry and warm that I needed to sleep in. But I was running out of socks and everything like that. So the last night was in ice and snow and it was around 15 degrees. (sighs) And my sleeping bag only (laughs) goes to like 17 degrees. And so I had to put on like all of my clothing, all of my dry clothing that I had. And it just still wasn't enough. And I don't have an inflatable sleeping pad. Well, I didn't have one with me. So I was basically just lying on the snow with minimal clothing and in a sleeping bag that wasn't really as warm, warm for that kind of condition. So... It was just a very, very, very cold, cold night. Yeah. Um, but I made I made it through. <laughs> I was worried that I was going to go to sleep and not wake up. But that next morning was awful because we all, like I said, we all ran out of, like, dry socks and everything like that. So you're just putting on frozen socks, frozen shoes. Everything's wet. And, yeah, it was pretty miserable <laughs> just, but then once yeah. We, yeah once once we started going and you know that that awful night we had was over and we started moving and you know it was okay <laughs> yeah
0: yeah wow that sounds like just that night is something that like 99% of people wouldn't be able to make it through you know uh oh. let alone doing that at the end of a epic like four or five month hike
1: yeah it was like literally that morning was the worst, like most uncomfortable morning I had on the whole entire trail. And it just happened to be the last day. <laughs> yeah, it was really, it was really bad. Because yeah. it was so cold that it was just like painful, you know, to breathe. And yeah. then you're putting on like soaking wet socks that have ice all over them. It's like you're, it, everything, in you is telling you to stay in your sleeping bag but you had to hike like we all had a hike it was like 17 miles to the border and then we had to hike another like nine miles to manning park so we had a 26 mile day ahead in fresh snow so you have to get up early and you have to get going so it, it was definitely mentally challenging yeah for sure.
0: yeah what did what was like what was the feeling when you got to canada
1: you know, it was <laughs> it wasn't what I was expecting to feel. I think the last mile was the most emotional. Yeah. Because the last mile to Canada, not not the miles to like Manning Park, but to the terminus, I started to get really emotional and I purposely separated from the group because I wanted to walk the last mile by myself. And I I just stopped and reflected and cried a little bit, and yeah. I couldn't believe that it was my last mile. But then, for me, when I got to the northern terminus, there were so many people there celebrating that you just start cheering. And I think something like finishing the Pacific Crest Trail is such a big feat that it was so overwhelming that I couldn't process what I had just done. So I didn't really feel much. <laughs> I yeah. think I just was kind of overwhelmed and excited, but I thought I was going to get there and just start crying and bawling and, you know, having, like, all of these feelings and knowing what to say. And I honestly just... I didn't really have anything to say. I was excited, and it was so amazing to see the Northern Terminus in person. it wasn't as emotional as I thought.
0: Yeah. It's... Yeah, it hasn't...
1: I didn't... didn't Sorry, go
0: ahead. I, just, I was going to say, it has to be so such a weird thing because you're imagining this moment probably every single day of the hike.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that feeling of or what I thought I would feel when I got to the northern terminus is what kept me going on the hardest days. But it was weird. It was like I wasn't feeling any of that when I actually got to the terminus. I think, like I said, it's just such an overwhelming accomplishment that it usually, I think, hits most of us later on. And it it did hit me later on. But at that moment, I was just, like, really proud of myself and excited. But then you still have to hike nine (laughs) miles to Manning Park. And then we had to catch a ride, and I had a plane the next day. So I think... I didn't really have time to really think about what I did.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. When did you? Uh, when did you end up? When did it hit you?
1: So I uh, went home to see my parents and my sister right after, and um, my car was there. So I was driving back from Reno, Nevada, up to Seattle, and it hit me uh, when I was driving back because it my drive. Crosses the PCT in a couple of places, and I actually stopped at Pat Creek Rim, and got out of my car, and I started walking on the PCT, and that when it hit me. Yeah. Because I remember being there. It was you know like yesterday, and I couldn't believe that I had walked from. That place, you know, up to Canada, and that I wasn't able to just keep walking on the path. It was really hard for me to understand that I had to get back in my car and keep driving and go to work. And you know what I'm saying? It was yeah. all I wanted to do was grab my pack, which was in my car, and just walk on that foot wide path and camp wherever I wanted and wake up to the sun. And so that was when it really hit me at how special that journey
0: was yeah it's almost it it seems like your brain would almost be reprogrammed by that point because it's such a long time that your brain gets like that's what you're used to now you're used to just throwing your tent out wherever and you're used to just long days of exploring the wilderness and following the trail
1: yeah completely and I think that's when I first started to feel a little bit of anxiety of we'll say real life <laughs> yeah. because I had to work the next day. And so now I'm on this more of a strict timeline, you know, and like, yeah, I just wanted to be free again already. I just wanted to grab my pack and follow this path. Even though I don't really know where it's going to take me, you just trust the trail. And I was like, having a really hard time turning back around to walk to my car even though I'm like I need to drive and then I need to wake up early and I need to go to work and I have to pay these bills and it just started to overwhelm me and I did have a hard time but you know I, I I had to go back to work you know I had other obligations and so I just finally forced myself to get off the trail but I think it was good for me because that was the first time that I had really registered what I had just done.
0: Yeah. Are there what? What's like the advice for through hikers when like the post trail advice?
1: You know, I think I'm still going going through that right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is something that I definitely wanted and will make a video on and talk about because so far. It, you know, it's been it's been a hard transition for me, and I've talked to some other hikers, and they're feeling the same way. Um, a lot of uh, through hikers had told me that I was in a good position because I had to go back and immediately jump into work, and a lot of people thought that would be good. Yeah. Um, I don't really know. I mean, I don't think it I, – I can't tell either way because I got back – And I immediately started work, and we were on, like, mandatory overtime. And then I had to find a place to live, and I had to move. And then, you know, I start getting bills in the mail. And so it's been – the transition has been me going from a life of just complete freedom. It's almost completely selfish in a lot of ways, you know. Like, I just get to do whatever I want, whenever I want, you know. Yeah. And now I'm back where it's, like – so many people want so many things from me whether it's like coworkers or you know friends wanting to see me or things like that it's just been learning how to i guess re like navigate that kind of life yeah. so i'm overwhelmed and there's been actually a lot of anxiety and i think that's been the hardest part for me yeah. is because i'm not a super anxious person but i have been experiencing some of that but we'll we'll see I, I know I'll come out of this and then I'll have better advice because I don't really know yeah what to do right now
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> I got I'm I hear you myself, so. yeah, yeah that's it's interesting too because you're probably like you're going back to a lot of things you did before but now you have this totally different perspective and like all these lessons you learned on trail and things you learned about yourself and now you're like how do I apply these to back to a You know like the regular old old deal
1: yeah exactly um learning how i don't need a lot of possessions so i've been trying to really cleanse that (laughs) that part of my life and yeah it's um i'm excited about my new outlook on a lot of things yeah but it is like i said overwhelming because i've fallen into some old habits already
0: yeah yeah I, I mean I feel like you also though like from my perspective you just told me you slept out on snow in 15 degrees and I'm like that has to give you some confidence you know that's be like yeah. if I can do that surely I can sort of, like do anything else you know
1: yeah yeah I mean I do feel so much more confident and like proud of myself than before a trail so um, just trying to learn how to have that same kind of attitude towards You know things in this life that i have now um it's all about a balance
0: so that's that's what i'm trying to find right now that's awesome how how um how like tight of a window did you have before all the snow hit because i was looking up pacific crest trail today um and i clicked news and it mentioned this one hiker who got like kind of (laughs) stuck in the snow and it was it sounded terrifying
1: yeah, um, was it a, a woman from Germany? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I've actually met her before, um, but yeah, she got stuck in a pretty bad snowstorm, and that that whole story in general is pretty crazy. It because was a, a not like a non PCT hiker ran across her days before, and then just got a feeling that maybe that PCT hiker wasn't okay and just called search and rescue. They called 911 and said, I don't think this hiker is going to be okay. And basically saved the PCD hiker's life. Um, But the snow this year up in the North Cascades, I think it started later than it usually does, but it's actually been pretty, pretty good weather for hikers. I mean, Even in Seattle right now, I know it's not the mountains, but it's not raining or anything, and that's pretty odd for this area. So what it was doing was having really good weather, and then it was having, like, some bouts of snow, and then it was having very good weather again, and then that one hiker got caught in some bad snow.
0: Okay, so, yeah, wow, that's, it just, it sounded intense, you know? Um, Oh, Yeah. Because you're deep. I mean, it, the PCT seems so remote in areas. I'm like, you're you're deep in the wilderness.
1: Yeah, in some areas for sure, like the Sierra Nevada and especially the North Cascades. So even when I left Sitka, Washington, which is basically for most people the last town you visit before you get to Canada, um. I knew there was going to be bad weather. Like when I left Tohican, it had already started raining, but I had to catch a flight in several days. And so I was like, I have to hike. <laughs> so yeah. some hikers stayed behind and they were going to wait out the storm. But even then, like the reports said that it wasn't going to snow um, anywhere below 6,000 feet, and it was only going to be a couple inches. And so I was like, you know what, that's doable. I'll be safe. And when it started snowing two days later, it was like five times worse (laughs) than what the weather report said. So, yeah, it is scary because you're just in the mountains. Like there's nowhere I can go. You know, it's not like I'm going to cross a road and be able to hitch out. And, yeah, so once you're in there, you're in there. And thankfully, I have my Garmin, um, like my emergency GPS. So, like, if there was something bad that happened, I would be able to contact like search and rescue. But other than that, you're you just got to keep walking.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, that's 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 so crazy. Uh, let's. Can you do you have any? I mean, I kind of I followed along a bit on your YouTube videos, which are fantastic, by the way. Like so well Thank done. You. Um, (laughs) and I gotta ask, there was like a week where you had a bunch of mountain lion encounters and I have to hear about it. Oh yeah.
1: Oh yeah. (laughs) So that week was the hardest week on show for me, hands down. And like looking back at it, I feel much more clear headed, but in the moment I was so all over the place. (laughs) But, yeah, I was in the Desolation Wilderness, which is, like, near Lake Tahoe, when I had my first uh, encounter. And, basically, um, I was camping alone, like I said, in the Desolation Wilderness. I was in my tent, and I heard an animal, you know, kind of coming around my tent. And there's so many deer that usually you just think it's a deer, And it wasn't a bear because they just kept walking past my food, which is, like, outside my tent. So I thought it was a deer, but then the forest went absolutely silent, which is the eeriest thing, by the way, when it's, like, pitch black outside and there's no sound in the woods and you're alone. (laughs) And so I was like, okay, that's really creepy. And there was a dead log next to my tent. And this animal jumped up onto the log, and I could tell that it was a cat. You know, deer deer don't do that. And, you know, I could hear it was like a heavy animal, but I could hear it's, you know, um, how it like landed on the log. And I immediately just got emotional, like very scared. And I started to cry a little bit because you can't see out of my tent. And I just sat there and I was like, I'm not sticking my head out to look, but that is a mountain lion. You could just, you just knew, right? And so I started clapping and making noise and like hitting the side of my tent and yelling at it. And it jumped down and it like went off or something. And then about like five minutes later, all the creatures started to come out of the trees and make noise again. So something was definitely there. And I woke up, and I was just like, whoa, that was crazy, you know. But I had no idea that I was going to have multiple other encounters that week. Yeah. And so that following night, I <laughs> I met some hikers, and they were camping. Um, but I wanted to hike another, like, a, a few miles because I was just trying to, you know. I was meeting my mom the next day, actually, in Truckee. So I was like, no, no, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna keep hiking, and I keep going, and I actually see a mountain lion, like a, <laughs> like under um, a, this big uh, boulder, and I almost, I almost have a heart attack. I'm pretty oh my sure, God. <laughs> Dude. and I'm, I'm like terrified. Like I've never felt that, and I didn't know what to do. It, it was not interested in me at all. Was
0: it like? But uh... I were you early in the morning like, or is it in the middle of the day or what?
1: Oh no. So this was like at evening. So I okay. passed those hikers and they had already set up camp and it was still light outside, but the sun was definitely gotcha. starting to set. So I was going to hike for about another hour and then try to set up camp. So this mountain lion was just like lying under this boulder and couldn't care less about me, but I was terrified and it was like at the base of, this climb up to, um, it's called Tinker Knob. And so I go maybe like a third of a mile and my heart is just racing. And there's a campground right there. And there's a group of like five women just doing like a weekend backpacking trip camp there. So I stop and I'm like, Hey, do you guys mind if I camp here with you? Um, I stopped much earlier than I wanted to, but I was so scared and I didn't want to be alone again. Yeah. And they were like, of course. And I told them, that I just saw a mountain lion. It wasn't <laughs> threatening or anything, but yeah. I was like, just so you know, anyway, we we go to sleep, and we're all woken up at 12.45 in the morning to a mountain lion in heat. And I don't know if you've heard what that sounds like, but it's the most terrifying sound, and it sounds like a, like a woman screaming.
0: Oh my God, dude. No, of I, course I've never You can You can, you,
1: you can like YouTube it, And so to hear that in the middle of the night, it was, I, I told myself I was done. I was like, I'm quitting. This is not fun. I've had two terrifying nights and I was just all, me and other women were so scared because we didn't know at first what it was. Anyway, I get over that ordeal. My I see my mom and Truckee and then I go back out to trail the next day and (laughs) I'm camping alone again (laughs) and it's dark outside and I get into my tent and it's like right as I get into my tent I hear a large animal coming out of the bushes and I think automatically that it is that it's a bear and that they were watching me because bears are really smart and I thought that it was just going to try to grab my food or something so I get out of my tent and I have like a rock in one hand and my knife in the other hand just trying to hopefully like scare this bear away (laughs) And I get out, and I look towards my pack, and I have my headlamp on, like I said, because it's dark. And there's nothing there, so I'm, like, slowly turning, trying to find this deer or this bear. And I literally turn, like, do a 180, and there is a mountain lion sitting in front of me, watching me.
0: How far sitting away? There on the trail. How far away is this?
1: Um, uh, maybe, like, 20 feet.
0: Dude, I'm having, like, my heart is racing over here um, because yeah. this all sounds t- terrifying. What, like, what happened?
1: Oh, so what was funny, I'll say funny, <laughs> but yeah. at, in the moment, I, okay, I, it's just staring at me with these big green eyes, and it's sitting like a cat. I mean, it's just sitting there, and I remember thinking, like, this has to be a deer, because I think I was going to lose, lose it, you know? I was like, this has to be a deer. And I remember saying even out loud, I'm like, D- can deer sit like that? Because it's sitting like a cat, you know, it's, yeah. it's like a cat sitting there. And I was like, I started to charge it. So I screamed at it and I yelled a lot of cuss words at it. And I literally charged it with my knife and my rock. I was so exhausted and terrified this whole week and I just wanted to sleep you know and I was mad and it actually like kind of slowly walks away from me and it jumped over a log and I remember like can deer jump like that like I was trying to convince myself this was a deer but it wasn't a deer I was (laughs) you know you come across a lot of deer you know they're one are very skittish of you but two like you know it's fear don't sit down or anything like that yeah. so I at this point I was really really scared so I saw somebody was camped like half a mile back and so I keep my body facing the animal the mountain lion and I start to slowly walk backwards on the trail because I'm going to go I don't know wake up this other hiker that was my plan I don't know what I was going to do but I was so <laughs> scared Yeah. I, I just did not want to be alone And I get about like a quarter of a mile and then I stop and I, it's just like, you know, pitch black outside. And I'm like, who knows where this mountain line is? But I, I had like a talk with myself. And I was like, you know what? You're alone, but you're going to go face this and you're going to be a badass and you're just going to handle the situation. And so I very like angrily walked back to my tent and the mountain lion was like deeper into the woods, but it was still watching my tent. And I just yelled at it. And I was like, all right, well, you're there and I'm just going to get in my tent. So I'm going to be right here. And I get in my tent and I uh, played music on my phone all night. And I just lied there. I didn't even try to go to sleep.
0: How could you, right? It's like, there's no way.
1: No, I, no, I, I, it was, I, I couldn't believe that this was happening and I will never forget. It was a Thursday night and I was thinking, and you, you know, it was like 10 PM or something. And I'm like, my friends are probably out somewhere having dinner and drinks and getting dressed up and laughing and having fun. And I'm here in the woods alone facing a mountain lion. Like this is what I was thinking. And I'm like, <laughs> what am I doing? I was like, I'm done. Like, this is insane. There's no way that these are all coincidences. I, You know, I don't know for sure if they were different mountain lions, but it was just very odd to think that it was different mountain lions, you know. Yeah. I was thinking that it had to have been, like, the same one, just curious, but I have no idea. Yeah. I have no idea. So, anyways, I just, yep, that was it. I basically lied awake all night, and this was probably, like, my own imagination, but I was just, I swear I was hearing, like, animals, like, or a animal, around my tent the whole night wow like just lying there or something and then like readjusting and i was too scared to look what do you just
0: yeah how do you handle it in the morning like i mean getting out of the tent and you know
1: gosh well it was i was actually going to get up really early originally like when it was still dark so because i was going to have a really big day and i was going into the town of quincy the next day my mom was actually meeting me there as well and so I was going to have a really early start, but when I was going to get up, it was still dark. And I'm like, there's no way I'm getting out of my tent, even though it's like four in the morning. And it's technically, you know, morning, I'm not getting out of my tent. So I waited until it was fully light outside. And then I just like peeked my head out. And I don't know, you just, you just have to suck it up. And I pack my stuff up and I was, I was very fidgety all day. Yeah. Like I, I didn't put my headphones in. I kept looking over my shoulder every five minutes. Like I was definitely really, really nervous yeah. because for me, like that night when I got into my tent, that animal, the cougar, came out of the bushes within seconds. So it was watching me. And I think that's what that's what freaked me out the most was the fact that this animal had been watching me and it waited until I had just got into my tent.
0: Yeah, and so, to not you know, know, like, that, how that, long how long it's been watching you, too, is
1: is yeah. crazy. Right, I mean, I hiked, what, like, I don't know, something like 26, 27 miles that day or something, you know? And even a few miles back, I had stopped at Trail Magic, like, at this road. And so you're like, maybe the mountain lion picked, picked up for me right there, or maybe it just sat and watched me drink beers with some guys on the side of the road you know it's, it's just
0: a very eerie feeling yeah wow so, and
1: i i was
0: i i can't imagine something more scary because like i said i'm just sitting here in the comfort of my own like office but i'm like <laughs> trying to like imagining that is like <laughs> freaking me out a little bit to be honest and of course oh,
1: God. it's yeah. like
0: it's like an a-hole cat if you're charging it with a knife and a rock it just turns and walks away like okay I get it. Like, yeah. Of course, cats come yeah. on.
1: I know. Like it, it. was just so like nonchalant. Like, oh, this lady's mad. So <laughs> you know, like, I'm not gonna bother with her. And you're just like, are you serious? <laughs> yeah. It. You know, a lot of people were messaging me, and they're like, oh, you're so brave. And it's like, no, because <laughs> I was forced into that situation. You know, you have no choice with something like that's happening. Yeah, you know what i'm saying First i
0: get like, you you're still brave though with it. you're still brave like that's oh those it, three nights of that three nights of that and then to finish that's the brave part it's not necessarily like i mean i guess it is brave in my opinion of how you handled yourself in the moment but like getting back up and like still finishing the whole thing after that is brave that's like the definition of brave right
1: yeah I mean, it took a lot out of me. I'm sure. (laughs) I met met my mom and Quincy the next day, and I was pretty numb. And it wasn't until some other hikers I was talking with, they were confirming, you know, they were like, yeah, that's a mountain lion. That was, that's crazy. And then my mom and I went back to our, our room, and I was, like, with my mom and, you know, safe. You know, in a safe room in a safe area, and that's when the emotion hit me, and I just started crying because wow. I, I had been numb. I didn't. I didn't even cry that night. That I saw that I like face an Lion, you know. But I cried the first night when I heard one because I yeah. was scared. I was just alone and scared. But then it it like does something to you. I just became really like emotionally numb. Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah. I was actually like telling my mom, I'm like, I hiked like. 28 miles that day in fear the whole day. And I just was like, I don't want to hike feeling that way. You know, like if that's going to be the rest of this hike, I'm not going to do it because this isn't enjoyable. But I, I knew how much I would regret if I, um, if I quit, I thought about skipping up so I could just like get out of that area, you know, because if, if this mountain sign really was stalking me, you know, they have, they have like miles, um, of ranges that they like to like live in and so i was like maybe i can just go a couple hundred miles north and get out of its range
2: oh, but, that makes sense. you know
1: i just found some friends and i just asked them hey do you guys mind if i like camp with you you know yeah at least for the next few nights and everything so that's what happened
0: yeah wow that's such but, a crazy story that's awesome uh, i yeah. mean it's probably terrifying i'm sorry that happened to you but like think about this like (laughs) that's going to put everything else into perspective for you like you know you're stuck in traffic and it's frustrating you're like well at least i'm not sleeping next to a mountain lion
1: that's right it's just the whole thing was wild because even that night that i left quincy with some other hikers there was like me and six other people at this one campsite and there was about three others and then myself who are pretty positive that there was a mountain lion on our tent site. So that's why I feel like it was the same one following me.
2: Yeah, yeah. Wow.
1: Because like that that night we had um, a deer sprint through our campsite, like sprinting, like max speed. And then a little bit later we had another deer right next to our campsite doing this like deep exhaling sound. And they do that when they're either warning other deer or they're scared. Yeah. And then a couple, a couple um, hikers in, and myself heard um, methodical pacing all night, like, with branches breaking. So it's just one of those things that, like, you know, it's pretty confident that something was following me. And it's just been wild. It, it's completely wild. And, you know, it's almost nice, like, when I was camping with those other people on that, that night, um, for them to almost solidify what was going on if that makes sense, yeah. they were all freaked out, and I'm like, yeah, okay, look, I wasn't <laughs> saying anything, because I didn't want to look like the crazy lady again, But everyone, was, or the, the three other hikers were freaked out, so anyway, it was, it was a very interesting week of my life. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> oh, for sure, well, let's, you know, move on, moving on to, like, happier times, right, like, <laughs> less <laughs> yeah. freaky times, Um, what, what did you got, what did you notice about, I mean you always hear on these things like the community is is part of what makes the experience special so what did you notice about that
1: well people that you run into whether it's like intentional or not like i'm referring to trail angels or anything like something like that yeah people are just so giving and yeah it's like you hear that all the time and like yeah the community and it's like what does that mean but Everybody is, like, looking out for one another. And, you know, especially with, like, backpacking, you know, usually you're only carrying as much food as you're going to need. And so you would see people giving their food to other people. And that's not, like, an easy thing to do sometimes, you know, because that's for your to keep yourself nourished and going. But yet you see people helping out in those kinds of ways or you come across a road and there's strangers there giving you food and drinks and rides and places to stay and it's just not something that you see that often in in like our normal society and it just makes you sit back and you just know how good the world can be again and it, it's just really remar- remarkable and it's just all of us are so grateful
0: yeah I hear that so much like doing this podcast it's it's a very common theme for people who have done these long distance uh events where they're going through like towns and going through meeting like regular folks on the way who aren't participating like that's the common theme is that people want to support other people's dreams and people want to support other people's goals and that's like to me anyways I'm like wow that's like what does that say about our you know humanity still like it's still out there people you see it all the time in person versus like you know obviously on the internet when everyone's anonymous it's a lot easier to right to be a jerk
1: yeah oh yeah (laughs) and yeah that's what's so special is that like doing a hike like this you're filled with so much kindness all the time it's it's what humbles you i think the most yeah for me at least i'll you know i'll speak for myself but it, that is probably the most humbling part of this whole trip is just seeing how a lot of these people don't have a lot and yet they're still giving so much and for me while I was out there I'm just like, I'm in my mind I'm like I'm not doing anything special, I'm just walking, you know, I'm not really helping people or anything like that, I'm just walking yet others look at you and they want to help you in whatever capacity and Like, even hitchhiking, there'd be, like, men giving rides to hikers back and forth, but especially to, like, single women just to make sure that they were getting somewhere safely. Yeah. And, I mean, it's just one of those things that that's what they would do during hiking season when they got off work, was to just help make sure that hikers got from the trail and into town safely. Like, that's what they do. And... I don't know, it's just, you know, my family especially, it meant a lot to them knowing that people were taking care of their daughter, you know, and um, just people just making sure that all of our needs were met and it was just incredible because you cannot hike the Pacific Crest Trail without Trail Angels because they put water in certain places when there's like, you know, 40 or 70 miles of no water. And they put water caches in these areas and basically save our lives. And so you, we can't hike this without them.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. That's so cool. And it is, it is. it seems like it's this, uh, you're right, like a community of people who are hiking it, but then also the people who are supporting and probably a lot of like ex-hikers who have also done it uh, from the past. Yeah.
1: Yeah because I've done this and I'm already planning on <laughs> doing trail magic myself because yeah. you know what it does to like your soul and your heart <laughs> and your mind when you're having an awful day and you come around a dirt road and there's just like hamburgers there and cold drinks it's it's a game changer completely so <laughs>
0: yeah 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 that's so cool so yeah, I've uh, I, I've i always wanted to because we used to live by the Appalachian Trail and I was like, oh, man, I've always wanted to, um, you know, head out that way and and sit there with my daughters and and spend the day, you know, helping people along the way. But uh, yeah, yeah. So it's it's oh, that's that's so neat. So um, what other kind of like positives? I mean, there's probably a billion, but what other kind of positives did you experience along the way?
1: Um, not, you know, since we just talked about people and the trail angels and everything, that is, of course, probably number one, yeah. and just stranger of reaching out to me and everything. But another huge positive was, like for myself and seeing like how like seeing my confidence grow and my just security as a person and feeling proud of myself and proud of my body and just letting a lot of, like, certain kind of ego and pride go. Um, I think, you know, when you are in this kind of society and world, it's, really, you're looking in mirrors all the time. Yeah. So they're just there. You go brush your teeth and there's a mirror and you pick yourself apart or you see social media stuff and that doesn't make you feel very good for whatever reason. But when you're out there, there's no mirrors. You know, I never, like, saw what I look like. And even when I'm videoing, I, like, I'm not looking at myself, and that's why in a lot of my videos, I'll, I won't notice until halfway through that I have a massive dirt streak all over <laughs> my face. You know, so you just kind of, you are who you are. Yeah. If that yeah. makes sense, like, I'm not getting my eyebrows waxed, or, you know, my legs <laughs> are hairy, or, you know, you just got to be who you truly are. And, like I said, it lets a lot of this, like, ego and pride go, and it just made me feel at peace and confident and secure and it was just very enjoyable yeah and and so that goes back to like me integrating back into this kind of society and that's been the hardest adjustment
0: yeah you're 100 percent right about there being mirrors everywhere and yeah it's crazy because i mean i i did like this week-long race so obviously nothing compared to what you were able to accomplish but no
1: I think that's crazy, (laughs) (laughs) but it was like (laughs) for me to
0: draw on this experience, like it was the closest I could come to that because we didn't have mirrors either or anything like that. And it was like, even within, I don't know, like two or three days that makes a difference. Like you notice it in two or three days where you're like, Oh, like this feels good. Like this feels good. I don't have to look at myself and judge myself and, you know, try to figure out if I'm you know if i have dirt streaks all over my face or whatever
1: (laughs) yeah yeah and it was just like that for all of us like no one cares if women didn't shave their legs or armpits or no one cares what they look like yeah and it was this kind of freedom that you don't get in this kind of world like this society you know and and so that was really really cool actually
0: yeah well i guess to like kind of wrap up here like the change you noticed of yourself throughout this, this hike, like what, what are you coming away with that, uh, is going to make you like a stronger person? I mean, once again, I need to just clarify, you slept in 15 degrees on snow and then you chased a mountain (laughs) lion with a knife. So. Yeah,
1: that, that was good. (laughs) But other than those two things, yeah. Um, I've, I've said this before. Someone gave me the best advice before my hike, and it was to never quit on a bad day. And that is actually something I I used several days um, while hiking, like with my mountain lion situations or some other days when the weather was just awful. I actually quit right there, but you, you still had to walk off the trail, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And but and then I was like, okay, I'm going to decide tomorrow, and then. You, you kind of logically and rationally try to work out that decision and then I'm and then I was able to realize that was not what I actually wanted. And so for me, taking away everything that's that's the main thing I'm gonna take away for my life is never quit on a bad day. Basically like whether it's relationships or work or any kind of goal, you know, don't let your emotions or I'm not going to let my emotions, like, determine certain decisions, you know, until I'm level-headed and clear-headed and um, to just really learn how to ebb and flow with life the way that I did on the trail. (laughs) Because life on trail was just every day unknown. It was either the best day or the worst day, you know, and you just have to keep pushing through. And so for me, that's, that's pretty much it, just learning really how to adapt all these extreme situations
0: and that's, being okay with it that's so awesome i'm like i'm gonna take that away because i was just as you were talking i was thinking about certain moments in my life where i've been stressed or whatever and you're right like you do feel like quitting in those moments you're like oh man like i don't want to do this anymore you know and and yeah. you're 100 percent right like that's not the time to make the choice
1: <laughs> no no and i think with like through hiking it was easier to understand that because I had a goal like an actual physical tangible goal of like walking into Canada and so sometimes with other goals we may not have something like that but to just understand like the principle and um that's for me what I, I I'm gonna hold on to
0: yeah definitely Definitely. Uh, Well, awesome, Jennifer. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Like, seriously, I've I've been looking forward to this because, you know, I would see your journey kind of as it went. And it's funny because like even your videos, which are fantastic. um, But like that's only, you know, 15 minutes of your day, you know, and you have the whole (laughs) other 23 hours and 45 minutes, you know, where you had this crazy adventure. So that's it's. It's it's been really, really cool. And you are really inspiring. Like the it is I know you probably like the bravery after the mountain lion thing and all that stuff, but like it's just brave to take on the Pacific Crest Trail, in my opinion. Like just stepping up to that and and going into it knowing that like some some shit's going to go down and you're going to have this crazy time, but you're not sure exactly what's going to happen. You know, like that's bravery. I think, and I'm like incredibly inspired by it.
1: Well, thank you so much. And it's been great being on here again. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. Where, uh, where can people find your stuff if they want to, if they want to follow it?
1: So I'm, you know, still posting videos on my YouTube channel at the whimsical woman and Same hashtag or at sign for Instagram, and yeah, we'll see what adventures I have coming up in the future. That rocks. Yeah.
0: (laughs) All right. We'll we'll have to we'll have to catch up at some point.
1: All right. Sounds good. Thanks so much for having me on.
0: All right. See you. Alright, that wraps up this week's episode of Like a Bigfoot Podcast. Um once again, thank you so much, Jennifer, for coming on the show. Uh check out her videos um and her Instagram for some amazing pictures and awesome scenery and really just like really cool tales of uh adventure on the trail and kind of reflections and and all the just all the really cool things she was able to experience on it um to like wrap up the show i was trying to think of like what would be a good wrap up when you just talk to someone who's done this like i just i still like through hiking just captures my imagination um i haven't really through hiked before uh i i have a dream that in the future my kids my daughters will want to uh spend a summer through hiking the Colorado trail with me. I just think that would be such a wonderful, amazing way to spend time with, with some, like with my kids, you know, and then have like, you share these adventures and these shared experiences, like builds your bonds. Like it makes your bonds stronger and it makes, makes like, she kept describing in the episode, She kept describing um, this community and like, how cool would that be to like share this community with, with like your family or with your, with, uh, with some of your friends or like, like most people do on these through hikes is like you build this, this community and this family feeling with people who at first were, were strangers, but you're strangers with the same goal and you're chasing the same thing and you're helping and supporting people along the way, which is, which is something that I felt like I experienced after desert rats and, It's the feeling I came away with of like, wow, like we can all bond together and help each other along the way. And it makes everything so much easier and so much happier, you know, if we're helping support each other rather than trying to bring each other down. Like if people, if you're trying to bring other people down, you're probably paranoid that people are trying to bring you down and then you're like miserable and all this stuff. And it's like, why? Like it doesn't have to be that way. It could be the exact opposite. we could be trying to help each other, which is which is what we want at the end of the day. Um, so just super cool listening to her stories, listen to her adventures. Uh, mountain lion stuff freaks me out a little bit. Um, uh, so that was intense. Uh, but but yeah, like she just she just seems like a really strong person and it the Pacific Crest Trail to an extent probably forges you into into a strong person or into a stronger person, you know, or it helps you learn these, these awesome things that that will just help you the rest of your life. So uh, if anyone's out there listening and they're like, Hey, that sounds like something interesting. Like I, I should totally do the Pacific crest trail, like obviously do all the research and stuff, but eventually you just got to pull the trigger and do something like it you know you can you can spend years and years you know looking up all the research online and trying to figure out what the best gear is and all that stuff but like at the end of the day just go out and start it and you'll figure all that stuff out on the trail um like i said not saying don't be prepared because as someone who's never done anything like that i have to imagine it does take a lot of preparation but um but I guess my point being is just, you just got to start at some point. So do as do, do the research, be aware of a lot of, uh, the, ch- the challenges that people commonly face, but then go out and do it. So if that's something that interests you, that, that rocks, like go, go for it. That's it for, to me, it's like, man, that's five months you're spending. That's going to affect the rest of your life. So, uh, so Yeah. Anyways, that's where we're going to stop today. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode, and we will see you next week.